0: Couldn't be any cuter. All right. Is that it? No, donuts on. It's too late. It's spoken. What well, was anybody see? The Mandalorian. I have spoken. It's on. Donuts on Christmas. <laughs> I like the cream fill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, That was a word. This is the way. Yeah, this is the way. This is the way. Uh, it's Sunday, Christmas Eve day. Yeah, that's you know it can be a little yeah. I always think of Christmas Eve as being evening, but it's not. It's the whole day, right? Sunday, Sunday morning, Christmas Eve. Not Christmas day. Yeah, not Christmas day. Christmas Eve day, yeah. So Father, thank you for your word, and I pray that we open our hearts and minds to your word. Your word's so powerful, and I know, Lord, it changes my life every time I read it, and I want to get into it more. And my prayer is we would have a hunger because, Lord, you'll be there tomorrow morning waiting for us in your word and in our prayer closet if we can get there. And your Word's powerful, and I just pray that everybody at Grace Point Church, that you'll give them a gift of hunger to know you and to know your Word, Father. You said that you've magnified your Word above your name, Lord. You said that you can't say it and you won't do it, that if you said it, you'll do it. So we thank you for that. Open our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1. I gotta do a little review, then we're gonna move on a little bit. I hope you guys uh, started to put in practice some of the things we talked about last week. I'm always so eager to get in here, because I mean, you know, I'm studying during the week, and I, I always, I go home and I always feel bad. I always feel like I have so much more, and I got 40 minutes, and that's about what I got—40 minutes. But everything that I'm presenting and giving during the week, I'm pulling it in, and I want to bless you with it. I, I just I want us to get it, because there's power in the Word of God. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Romans 1:16, "I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation or for salvation, to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek." For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And you know, last week we began to teach how that we are justified before God, or we're made right before God by faith and faith alone. Remember that? It is faith always. And and what's staggered me as a Christian, not as a pastor, but as a Christian as I've learned more about God and I've grown in my knowledge of God that and the Lord has convinced me the way that we get into this, which is by faith. Thank you, Pam. The way that we get into this, which is by faith, is the way that we continue to walk. We don't begin by faith and then, uh, then start commending ourselves to God by our works, but we actually go from faith to faith. And it's very easy to start this faith journey, believing God, and then switch over and think somehow we're going to please God now by what we do. Now, when you say that, and I've had people talk to me about that, uh, people can easily misunderstand, and they misunderstood Paul when Paul taught the gospel of God's grace. And get it. The faith that saves you is the faith that purifies you is the faith that sanctifies you, is the faith that strengthens you, it's the faith that works in you. In Philippians 2.13, and I quote a lot of scriptures as I'm going, you ought to write them down. In 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, God is at work in you. God is at work in you to will and to do of his own good pleasure. And as I've grown in the Lord more and more in my life, I have been more and more keenly aware of God working in me. There were times in my life where the Lord would speak to me, and I didn't even know it was God, and so I just kind of ignore it, or it's not something. Last night, I was at a party or something, and I I was getting ready to leave because I wanted to get home to my baby. I wanted to get home to Pammy and be with Pam. I missed her. I'd been away from her for eight hours. That was long enough. I wanted to get home to her. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to go. I'm going to slip out of here. And you know, I'm slipping out the door. And Herb, you were right there. You know exactly what happened. I was walking out with Herb. And I said, Herb, I can't go. I, sorry. And I said, I know the Lord well enough. There's something I need to do before I go. The Holy Spirit was talking to me. Go back in there. And I did. I went back in. And I got to talk to somebody. It was funny because when you obey God, I accomplished the mission. I talked to somebody that I needed to talk to. But then I ran into somebody else that I needed to talk to. And I found out that God had something for me to do there. And that's why I couldn't just bolt out the door. Now, in my life, many times I've ignored the voice of God. I didn't even know it was God. There's something in me saying, don't do that, or, or walk this way, because God was working in me, but I was ignorant of it. Write this down. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed, destroyed for a lack of knowledge. How many knew that? They're destroyed. What you don't know will hurt you. And one thing that you have to know as a believer in Christ, because you've been sanctified and set apart by God, and the Spirit of God is in you by faith, God talks to you. He talks to you, and He walks with you, and He loves you, and He wants to be in a daily relationship with you. There are scriptures that say that God will tap on your shoulder and He'll say, hey, don't go that way. He says, this is the way, go this way. But if we ignore that or we don't understand or realize, and it took me a long time to realize, that was God directing me in my life. When you tell people, you say, you know, well, I'm living by faith or I'm walking by faith, there's this false notion that if you walk by faith or if you walk in in God's grace, the unmerited favor of God, then you can kind of do what you want to do, and God doesn't really care about that. It's grace, it's by faith. Anybody ever heard anybody kind of teach that way, God doesn't really care? And that is the opposite of what the faith of God will do in your life. In chapter 1 of Romans, go to verse 5 here real quick, just want to tap on this, and I'm going to move off of it. But in chapter 1 of verse 5 in Romans, Paul says, he says, through whom we have received, through Christ, we have received grace and apostleship, apostleship to bring about what? Obedience of what? The faith. the faith. The faith. The faith always brings obedience. If you would flip to chapter 16, and it's so, I don't know that I ever heard anybody mention this or teach this, but the Lord was telling me, Brad, I bookend, the book of Romans is the gospel and it's a book about faith and how to be justified and walk in righteousness with God, but he bookended, chapter one, he says the obedience of the faith, if you will go to the second to last verse, in chapter 16, it's verse 26, he says, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God has been made known to For all nations, what what does that say? Leading to what? Leading to obedience, right? To the faith. So chapter one, what does faith lead us to? You bookend it, chapter 16. What does faith lead you to? And in fact, that's the only way that you will ever really please God or walk in obedience is if you have a heart relationship with God, and you're loving and serving God out of your heart. Do you remember I talked about heart righteousness? Well, if you have faith in Jesus, you've got it. And I'm going to expound on that a little bit. And flip over to chapter 6. These are just things I just want to tap on so you see that. I want to talk about how we can grow in God and walk in God and not err from the way. <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 6, verse 17 says... <clears throat> But thanks be to God, chapter 6, verse 17, Romans. But thanks be to God, though you were, past tense, slaves of sin, you have become what? Obedient from where? From the heart. You see that? Obedient from the heart. So I want to talk about today is heart righteousness. So now we can kind of pick up where we left off last week in Romans chapter 10. Flip over there. So chapter 1, obedience to the faith. Chapter 16, obedience to the faith. The just shall live by faith. believing God. You guys with me? I wanted to get this. This is going to help you if you get this. It's going to help you get the Word of God in your heart learn how to speak the word of God out, learn to understand who you really are, learn to how to walk right with God, not just be declared right, but you can learn to walk right with God by faith. Chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they would be saved. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God but not in accordance with knowledge. I met a Mormon this week. I got done running and a guy, anytime someone's around me in my vicinity, it's my thought that God put them there and I'm supposed to talk to them about Jesus. Amen? If you're within a few feet of me, God put you there, I am supposed to talk to you about Jesus. That's just my assumption. Unless the Lord shows me otherwise. So this guy was up in a truck I got. I come around and I said, "Hey, how you doing? What do you know, Jesus?" And yeah, and I I just started talking to the guy, and I found out he was a Mormon. Now I I reached out to the guy. I want to love the guy. I was praying for the guy, but I found out he was a Mormon. Every belief that's not right, every belief that errs in the gospel, and and many beliefs have a zeal for God, but they are not according to knowledge. we want to walk with God, we have to walk with God God's way. Amen? He said, they had a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. And this is almost every single, whether it's a false religion or a false belief, the the cornerstone of every religion is right here seeking to establish their own righteousness even when you talk to people maybe they're not ready to accept god and you're trying to get them to trust jesus and turn their lives and their hearts over to god they're still trying to clean up their own life aren't they Bo? they're still well i'm not ready first i need to do this and first and you try to direct them no what you need to do is repent And believe the gospel. Give your life to God. That's what you need to do right now. You don't need to get one more. You don't need to get any more ready. God loves sinners. He'll accept you. Turn from your sin. Come to Jesus. He'll forgive you. And you can be justified today. Amen? Amen? But every works religion, they're, well, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do this. They have a zeal for God, not according to knowledge. They're trying to establish their own righteousness, and in doing so, they do not subject themselves to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses writes about those who practice the righteousness based on the law. He says they will live by the law. But the righteousness that is based on faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. Don't say who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart, the word of faith which we are preaching. What was Paul preaching? Faith. The word of what? Faith. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a man believes or a person believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now with God, and I've, you know, I see people, their lives, some people live more or less sanctified lives. I've known people totally on fire for God, but Maybe people would look down on them because they don't necessarily, they got a lot of cleaning left to do in their life. You know, they got a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. The last thing we want to do to anybody that comes into the church that needs cleaned up a little bit is judge them. What I have found out is a lot of times people get on fire for God and some of these new people are more passionate than the codified saints, the saints that are satisfied, maybe they're not hungry, maybe they don't want to grow, and you get a new person in and they're excited for God because their hearts are on fire. They know God saved them from sin. Jesus said, if you're forgiven much, you're going to love a lot. If you're forgiven a little, you're just going to love a little. And so this whole matter with us in our walk with God, and it is this way, your whole relationship with God, or your standing before God, remember this, is based on your heart to God. God's not looking at you and saying, well, I've got this against you and that against you. God is looking at your heart, and He's saying, is your heart right with God? What happens powerful it's so simple but it's so powerful what happens when we get our hearts right with god his spirit lives in us and he does the work in us his spirit fills us someone say amen his spirit fills us we we leave religion which religion is always i have to right what do i have to do i have to Faith in God or heart righteousness is always, oh, I get to. Do you mean I, you know, I, I can help the poor? I can really go out and love people and, 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 and help? Yeah, you can help people. I can help orphans? Yeah, you can help orphans. You mean I can love my neighbor instead of hating my neighbor? Yes. You want to. I love my neighbor. I want to help my neighbor. You get to. God will set your heart. When your heart is right with God. You can even love your husband. Come on, Jackie, smile. And Mike, you can love your wife. when your heart is right with God, it doesn't the Lord shows me this all the time. He says, Brad, this doesn't matter. and this doesn't matter. And that what matters to me with you, Brad, is that your heart is right before me. Because where your heart goes, your mouth is going to go, and where your mouth is going to go, according to James, I don't have time to go there, read James chapter 3, where your mouth goes, your body's going to go. Come on. Your mouth is a rudder. It's going to steer you, but your mouth is controlled by your heart. In Matthew 12, 42, I believe it's 12, 42, Jesus said, get this, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. You can locate people, and I don't mean this in a judgmental or a bad way, you can't help it. You will know right where someone's at when you talk to somebody, you know right where they're at just by what comes out of their mouth. If I said, how you doing to somebody? Well, if the first word is well, you're probably in for a story. Well, I'm not doing what I should or Uh, How you, well, they start telling you how things are not, you can locate someone immediately. If you come up to me and you talk to me and and I start complaining and grumbling and, right, you know where I'm at, amen? I got a grumbler in me, right? You can locate me. If I'm grumbling, every time I talk to you, I probably have a grumbling. If I'm gossiping and talking bad about other people, I probably have a heart that's filled with, See what I'm saying? It comes out of your heart. Jesus said, it's not what goes into your mouth. You can eat those cheeseburgers. You can drink that coffee. You you can eat a donut. It's not what goes into your mouth. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. Because out of your mouth flow the issues of life. I really want to get into this, and I I could go so many directions. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to get into Hebrews. I must get into Hebrews. We've got to see this. And get this, it is so quick and it's so easy to get right with God. If you're not right with God, if your heart is, if you're full of grumbling and unforgiveness and despair and depression, what if today, right now, with a decision out of your heart, you can decide today, I am going to be right with God today. I believe Jesus died for me and all my sins are washed away. I believe Jesus saved me from my sin because it says in Romans, he did save me from my sin. I believe he saved me from my sin. Lord, forgive me. God's looking over the sapphire seals of heaven's gate and he's saying, I forgive you. Let's start again. Let's start fresh today. I'm not holding your, why are you laughing? I'm not holding your sins against you. I'm not holding your sins against you. Isn't that good news? Yesterday's gone, we may not see tomorrow, amen? But today, I'm right with God. You can be right with God in a nanosecond when you make the adjustment in your heart. I believe the gospel. I'm forgiven. I believe the gospel. God's spirit is in me. I believe the gospel. I'm free from that. The minute you believe it, you will be. I used to always try to give up coffee. Not that there's there's anything wrong with that, amen? Sound like Seinfeld, don't I? Not that there's anything wrong with that. And every time I'd play around with it, and I fast coffee some, I give it up for short periods of time, I go back to it. But every time I I give it up, what I notice is, if I play around with it, and if I'm half in, well, I might give it up, I might not give it up, I may quit tomorrow, I may start next week, I may fast it the week after, I will last six hours, and life is reduced to a cup of coffee. I will travel land and sea to get a cup of coffee. I will knock at your door. Hey, do you got any coffee? Like a real addict, right? That's true, because I love coffee. But do you know what? When I say out of my heart, my heart, and I say out of my mouth, I'm not drinking coffee starting tomorrow. And I say it from my heart, I'm not doing it. I'm done. January 1st, I'm not drinking coffee for 21 days. Do you know I do not struggle? Because I made a decision out of my heart, not one of those, well, I may, I may not, I could, I could not. No, I'm not doing it. I trust God. I'm putting it down. I'm giving it up. When I make that decision out of my heart, I'm done with it. I lay the coffee down, and I won't drink it until I'm ready to pick it up again, and I don't struggle with it. Someone say amen. But as long as I'm wishy-washy, I haven't made my heart up. I haven't made my mind. I have not decided what I'm going to do. Does that make sense to you? Do you know you can lay sin down the minute you say, I am done with sin, Jesus died for me, the Bible says I'm dead to sin, I don't have to do this, and I'm not going to, because Jesus set me free. It's not willpower. He said, you believe from your what? Heart, that form of teaching which was committed to you. What was that teaching? You are dead to sin. You're a new creation. That's not who you are. Rise up away from it. When you believe it and you speak it, you're free. Someone say amen. And it works. It works. It's real. There's power in the gospel unto salvation. Look over here in uh, Proverbs chapter four. He says, my son, remember I talked about a relationship with God, my daughter, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings, do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your, where, heart, heart. You think your problem's all on the outside. It's here, it's there, it's this person, it's my wife, it's this, it's, no, my, it's my money, it's my sickness, it's, no, that's not what your problem is. The problem is in your heart. The kingdom of God works from the inside out. Did you know that? Someone smile. I think this is good news. Isn't this good news? The kingdom of God works from the inside out. It works from the heart. He says, keep my words in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. They are health to their body. Watch over, get this, watch over your heart. Watch over your heart. With all diligence, for out of your heart flows what? the springs or the issues of life where do the issues of your life come from your heart you think well i'm not going to do this or i did this or i didn't no it all comes from your heart when you trust god and you turn your heart over to god and you believe god and god puts his spirit in you and you have heart righteousness you're going to walk right it will not happen when you strenuously try to obey ten rules for living. How many have done that and failed? How many have done the ten rules for living and you lasted about a day? Or you did that uh, January first diet and you lasted about two weeks? Now sometimes if you really go after it with your heart, you can get it. If, you, if you, I'm, Lord, I'm believing you, I'm trusting you, it always works by faith. He says, out of, out of the heart come the issues of life, therefore, Put away from you deceitful uh, speech, a, a deceitful mouth and a devious speech put far from you. Look directly on and let your eyes gaze straight before you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Who's the gardener of your heart? Who's the gardener of your heart? Who did God put in the garden of Eden? Yeah, Adam. He said, you're going to take care of this garden, Adam. You're going to till the garden. You're going to take care of this Adam. This garden, Adam. You're the gardener of your own heart. So Jesus is always saying, hey, take, take heed what you hear. Be careful what you hear. With whatever measure you use, that's what's going to be measured. Watch what you hear. You're responsible for what you allow in your heart. Who knew that? If you have bitterness in your heart, who let it in there? You did. Now, you might have got tricked into it. Someone might have done you a dirty deed or something. You might have felt like you were overcome, but you let it in there. And if you let it in there, you can get rid of it by the power of God, just by believing in your heart, the gospel, and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of my heart. Isn't that powerful? Now, Israel had this problem. This, I, I, I'm talking about today, I'm talking about the heart-mouth connection, because I can't teach Mark eleven twenty three 23, and 24 about faith until you understand this heart-mouth connection. You got to understand it. What you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth is powerful. Jesus said that you could remove a mountain if you believed in your heart and you spoke to a mountain that that mountain would, if you believed it and you spoke to it, that mountain would leave. Have you ever read that? Now, that's phenomenal. I look at that, and you know, we got problems in our life. we got things in our life that aren't of God. Things come at us. We have the power and the ability to speak out of our mouth what we're believing. And sometimes all of hell will come against you. I've seen new believers get so much pressure for them to let go of the seed of the word of God. I taught two weeks ago about the parable of the sower and the whole point of the enemy was he's coming to steal that seed out of your heart. Every trial, everything that's happening to you on the devil's end, he's he's trying to steal the Word of God out of your heart. He's not afraid of you. He's afraid that you're going to get that Word inside of you, and that Word is going to transform you. But you're going to look in the mirror of God's Word, and you see Jesus, and you're going to have an epiphany. You're going to have a revelation that when you look into the mirror and you look at Jesus, you're actually seeing yourself. That that new man that you put on is Christ and you're being transformed into his image as you look, he doesn't want to see another Jesus get out of bed in the morning. You understand what I'm saying? There's only one Jesus, Son of God, but there's a lot of people that are Christians. That word Christian means little Christ, right? Jesus is in you, the hope of glory. The last thing the enemy wants is for you to have a revelation that Jesus literally, by his Spirit, lives in you, and when you get out of bed in the morning, he's got to deal with Jesus in you. And every trial on his end is to squash that word right out of your heart. Every time someone gossips about you, every time something negative happens to you, every time something doesn't go your way, I promise you on God's end, he's saying, you can handle it. You can do it. Believe me. Trust me. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to settle you. I am going to establish you. I'm going to get you to where you need to be. Don't let go of my word. Don't let go of what I told you. And if we hold on to that word, we're going to start walking on the water. Someone say amen. amen. And you're going to look like Jesus. Amen. I got so much to teach about the power of what happened in the death, in the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus that's probably a couple weeks from now the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the power that was released in the resurrection of Christ has been released in your life when you, when you put on Jesus. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is released in you when you believe it. Amen? All right, we'll get to that later. Okay, in uh, Hebrews chapter 3, I, I want to show you, and, and this is the exact problem that the children of Israel had I could really read the whole chapter of chapter 3, but I'm just going to go in verse 7 of chapter 3. Stay with me on this. I'm going to hit this. I I, I really would like to get to Psalm 78. I don't know if I'll make it there. Numbers chapter 13. I don't know if I'll make it there. I'm going to run out of time. But chapter 3 of Hebrews verse 7 says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, not Brad Kittle, Don't look at this physical guy, this short guy with thinning hair. Don't look. Look past this vessel up here preaching the gospel. Look at what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. Can you believe it? What the Holy Spirit says today, when? Right now. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me and tested me, and they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, and I said, they always do go astray, or they err. Where do they err? What's it say? In their hearts. hearts. That's where it started. You'll see this. And they did not know my ways, and I swore they would not enter my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving. Heart. What kind of heart? Evil, unbelieving heart that you fall away from a loving God. I've seen people, even recently, I've talked to people. I once had fellowship with them. I broke bread with them. We loved Jesus together. They loved Jesus with all their. Heart, and I talk to them a few years later, and they say, Oh, all that Bible stuff, oh, that was just the Catholic Church, they just threw it all together, none of that's true. I'm like, And I'm like, Really? <laughs> really? Because I'm pretty sure Jesus lives in me, <laughs> amen. It breaks my heart when they start saying that, yeah, uh, and then they just go on, something got in there in their heart and it gave them an evil heart of unbelief it got in there they were a believer just like me they loved jesus they were givers servers went to bible studies something happened and they gave their heart away an evil heart of unbelief that falls away from the living god so encourage one another day after day as long as it is called today So none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Don't don't let sin harden you, he's saying. For we will become protectors of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see it? When they provoked me. For who provoked him? When they heard, indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt come by Moses? And with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear they would never enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So then we see that they were not able to enter in to God's promises, God's rest, because of... Now, there's different translation. What does yours say? unbelief. Does anybody say disobedience there? No, they all say, okay. They were not able to enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief is an issue of, huh? The heart. It's a heart condition. We choose whether we believe God or not. And there's different reasons why we decide not to believe God. A lot of times it's the pressure of the trial. Sometimes we want the sin. A lot of times I think it's deception in in America. A lot of it's deception in America. Therefore, let us fear while a promise of entering to his rest remains that none of you should fall short of it. For indeed, we have had the good news preached to us just as they did. But the word they heard did not profit them. Why? What does your, your Bible say there? Why didn't the word profit them? What does it say? Is that what yours says out there? Look, I want you to read it. What does yours say? Bring your Bibles to church. I go over a lot of Scripture. Bring your Bible to church. Amen? It says, they did not mix it with faith when they heard it, and so it didn't profit them. Real quickly, I have a few minutes. I'm going to, I have more Scripture, but but for your sake, I won't go there. I'll be, I'll be merciful. Flip over to uh chapter 78 of psalms i got a lot of scriptures in the old testament you see this principle what i want to get to you what what i really want you to grab out of today's teaching and it's a teaching is that everything in your life is determined by what's in your heart and you determine what you put in your heart you make that decision and when you believe god and trust god and fill yourself with his word and his spirit it's good news because then out of your heart will come the issues of life. You'll speak faith. You'll speak love. You'll speak forgiveness. You'll know to resist the devil. You'll know to submit to God, and God will have His way in your life. God's plan cannot be thwarted in your life if you do not let go of God. Amen, Zach? It can only be thwarted if you let go. Peter walked on the water of God's Word. When did he sink? When he got his eyes off Jesus, right? The living word. Jesus said, come. He quit looking at Jesus. He quit looking at the word. He started looking at the wind. He started looking at the waves. And all of a sudden, everything got wobbly and he sunk. But our God is so good, Jesus just lifted out and picked him up and said, let's try that again. Let's let's do it again. And God will give you a hundred chances. Let's do it again. As long as you keep getting up off the mat of unbelief, whatever is holding you back, you get up, Jesus will pick you up again because he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He'll say, let's do this again. Someone will say amen. It's good news because he loves you. He loves you. He's in a relationship with you. Okay, let's, let's, let's read this. This will be the last scripture I read or can. The guy that's buying donuts will take my Bible from me. You're right there. All right, here we go. Uh, Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is talking about the same thing that Paul was talking about in Hebrews. In verse 8, and you could read the whole thing, he says, and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its What does yours say? Your translation. This is New American Standard. They did not prepare their hearts. What does yours say? What's that? They did not give their hearts. Anybody have another translation? They did not set their hearts. I like that. They did not set their hearts. I like that, Charlie. Set your heart. I'm believing God. I don't care what the devil do. I don't care what they do on the right or the left. I'm setting my heart. Hell or high water, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you turn the flames up, I don't care. You throw me in the furnace, I don't care. I don't care if the guy on the right says the Catholic Church made the Bible up. I don't care if the atheists say I came from a, a, you know, a primordial soup or something like that. I don't care what the devil says. I, don't, I know God's real. He saved me. He filled me with the Holy Spirit, filled me with his power. I'm not letting go of it. I'm not being tricked out of it. I made my mind up. My heart is set. Come on now, is your heart set? Come on, let's be a church where our heart is set. And I'll tell you, when you set your heart, I will set with you. I will stand with you. This church will stand with you. We'll believe God till you get to the corner of hell and back. When you set your heart, God will never fail you. He can't forsake you. I don't know why we have to convince you it's impossible for God to lie. God can't lie. If you set your heart, you're going to get where God said go. You're going to do what God said do, and this world is going to go strangely dim to you, and you're going to start seeing the realities of heaven more and more the more we set our hearts. But they didn't set their heart, and it said their spirit was not faithful with them. Go down to verse 17. Yet they still continued to sin against him, to rebel against the Most High in the desert. And in their heart, do you see it? Are you seeing it? It's their heart well, you don't know what I did. Where's your heart? Do you love Jesus? Do you want to serve God? I don't care what you did. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to serve God? That's what I care about. Do you want... Pam comes out. She came out. It wasn't too long ago crying because something got burnt in the oven. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> I forgot the timer. And She's crying about burnt bacon or whatever it was, toast, I don't remember, cookies. and you know, I mean, I'm not a liar. I'm not going to tell her those burnt cookies look good. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do that. But I'm saying, baby, I don't care about those cookies. Thank you for making them. We, let's, go to, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts and get one of those <laughs> cream-filled, you know you wanted that more anyway. Let's go get one of those cream-filled Dunkin' Donut goodness. I don't care about that cookie. I love my wife. I'm in a relationship where she has my heart. What? Do, I don't care. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did. I don't see you like other people see you. But I do see your heart. And he's saying, do you love me? What did he ask Peter? This is hitting me now. What did he ask Peter? He says, Peter, do you love me? He didn't say, Peter, you're going to quit denying me. You're going to make up for that somehow, Peter. Did he rub Peter's nose in it? He asked him one question. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, you know I love you, Jesus. He asked him again. He was getting at Peter's heart. Do you love me? Let's read this. In their heart, they put God to the test, heart-mouth connection, by asking food according to their desire. Then they spoke against God. When? When their hearts weren't right. Then they spoke against God. I could take you to Malachi, show you the same thing. I could take you to Numbers, show you the same thing. I don't have time. I could take you to Hosea, show you the same thing. They said... They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Verse 22, because they did not believe in God and did not trust his salvation. Verse 36, but they deceived him with their mouth. They lied to him with their tongue for their, someone say it, heart Heart was not what? Was not steadfast within them. Where's the issue? It's your heart. Well, you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. I got a lot more. That, honestly, I have so much more. We just don't have time. I think I made the case, though, didn't I? Where's the issue with God always? If you've got a girlfriend and she starts cheating on you, where's her problem? It's her heart. That other guy, she gave her heart to somebody else. You got a boyfriend, doesn't call you, right? All of a sudden, he starts disappearing on you. Where's his problem? When you have a divorce, somebody's heart had to depart, right? It wasn't because you burnt the bacon or the cookie. Somewhere in their heart, they decided that they weren't going to love you. They gave up on the marriage. It is the same with God. What does God want from you today? This is for every person in here. He wants a heart relationship with you. He's not going to cry over spoiled milk. He already knows you're not perfect. He already knows there's going to be, you know, you're going to be transformed into his image. You're going to look more and more like him. But no matter what, he is going to stick with you through the whole thing. I can't get to it. But if I could get to the cross, I was listening to a song this week. And this song was all about this pouring out love to God. And in this song, this person is saying, you know, Lord, you're like oxygen to me. He says, you're all I need. You're everything I ever wanted. You're everything I ever needed. And I was, I was running, I was listening. I was thinking, yeah, Lord, I need you. And, you know, I would give my, I'm just thinking about the Lord as I'm running and the Lord flipped it on me. and He says, no, Brad, you got this song. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. He said, that's me. I want you. I love you. You're like oxygen to me. I spilt my blood. I literally died on a cross and hung there and took your shame because I did not want to live without you. I love you. The word says we love him because he first loved us. I'm like, wow, Lord. I literally was going down, not Glover, the other road, just going, just whooping, like, wow, Lord, I, I got it. Like, oh, it's not that I loved you, you loved me, and you died for me, and you don't want to live without me. Wow. And what does he want from me? My heart. So here's my question where's your heart? We're going to take communion I'm not going to do an altar call or anything today you sure could right charlie sure could we're going to do communion and uh, we're going to do it the way we've done it we're going to get in groups of fa- get with your family get with whoever mike and gene i'm taking communion with you today you too if you'll come up when communion, we're going to hand out the communion when you're taking communion understand that jesus loves you so much he shed his blood for you that, all, that he could be in an eternal, it's not just about today, an eternal relationship with you forever. He, he gave his life for you. He's not willing to live without you. And so he died for you, so you'd be reconciled. But he does not want a robot. He doesn't want a Stepford wife. He wants someone that will return love, so he gives you the invitation. I love you this much. Will you give me your heart? Will you put me first? Above all others, forsaking all others, will you put me first? That's what I want. I want all of your heart. Will you give it to me? When you take communion, I want you to say, Lord, I give you my heart. And if you have any hesitancy, God will take that from you too. Amen? So, uh, ushers, would you come up? And whoever's going to hand out the communion, Charlie, Scott, Herb, Ken, come on up. That's four.